ready. Welcome to episode 31 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes, and with me is Emma Hughes. Hi, everybody. Hi, Emma. Today we are talking about fun runs, play days, show and goes. Basically, it is a glorified practice. Is yeah, that... I'd say that's a good way to put it. Okay, so it's a practice event that a, a, a club can put on. So it's sanctioned by either a club or by an agility facility. Yeah. But the public is welcome. So a whole bunch of people can come together and be part of the fun run, be part of the play day. And essentially, in our location, a lot of our fun runs and play days are at our competition arenas. Yeah. And so it's always nice to get our dogs in to what, what will be one of their competition arenas and get on the equipment in that facility. And, and you know, because the competition arenas are much bigger, there's just a different audio sound that goes on with being in a bigger building. Um, Sometimes we'll have courses set up. So, you know, you might see something that you wouldn't do in practice. Um, so yeah, that's always good too. Especially if you go to like international fun runs. Those are really fun because you can get a taste for what international style courses are like without having to put a ton of money and a ton of ego on the line. Yeah. So here's so we have one coming up in August, and a lot of my students are asking me about it. So I wanted to take the time to to talk about it. So they're not only doing a, what they're calling a play day, so it's an agility play day. They're also including at the same time in a separate ring – is what is called the AKC ACT. So they're doing an ACT, Agility, ACT stands for Agility Course Test. They're doing a one and a two. Uh, so in their uh, one ring, they're gonna be doing standard, so it's a mass, it's a nested course. So a nested course means that you have multiple courses within one course. And when they nest an excellent, open, and novice course, it's all the obstacles are in the same place, but the cones are put in different order depending on the skill level of what people want. So everybody can walk the course that they want to walk and then they run whichever course they want to run within one course. So it's a nested course. So they've got a play day nested course on Saturday. It's going to be a standard course. And then on Sunday, they're going to do a jumpers course. And then in their second ring, they're doing the AKC ACT program or, or titling program going on at the exact same time. So with the two rings running sim simultaneously, it's going to take on more of a trial feel. Absolutely. Even though it's not a trial. So, you know, no judges. You'll have a timer just because they keep time, but there's no judges and you can work on essentially whatever you want to work on. Yeah, I mean, you can even do stuff that's not agility. Um, we did a fun run a few weeks ago, and I really wanted to get Dot to, uh, she's, she struggles to get on leash. Oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, and um, instead I used a little bit of my time to uh, practice getting on and off leash. And uh, depending on your facility or your people that run it, you may be allowed to bring in treats 
Um, you're definitely not to bring in toys. I've never been to a fun run that doesn't allow toys. Correct. Um, and we were allowed to bring in treats, so I just, you know, practiced getting on and off the leash. I split my time up, and then we went and did the course. Um, and so it's really, really fun. It's good. Um, I think generally they'll do about uh, two to five minutes, depending on how many people are there and, um, you know, depending on the people who put on the fun run. Um, and you can leave at any time, so if you do whatever and you're like, okay, I haven't gone past my time, but I, I don't really want to stay out here anymore. You can go. Um, it's really good. And they're always really nice about it. Uh, they're like, oh, you've hit time. And then you just get your leash and go. It's really, really good. Yeah, so this this one coming up in August, it says, it says, toys and treats okay in the ring for training. Please be mindful of others and pick up dropped treats. So you just want to be careful of what kind of treats that you mm -hmm. take in. Cheese is good. Yeah, cheese, anything that's not going to flake or crumble is a good treat uh, to take in. And so one of the reasons that I love fun runs, especially ones that allow treats, is in a normal competition, you can do what is called FEO. So that is training in the ring. But at normal competitions, FEO or NFC, you cannot take treats in. And so you're only allowed to take in a toy and it, some have a certain type of toy. Some organizations won't let you let go of it. So it has to stay in your hand. Other organizations do allow you to throw it, but most of them don't allow a squeaky because when, when you're doing FEO, you may have a, a ring adjacent to you still running. So you don't want to disturb the dog next to you. So that's why they don't allow Squeaky toys. And you're talking about FEO for squeaky toys. Correct. Not the fun run. Correct. I, I don't have any understanding that fun runs don't allow squeakies. I don't think we've ever been to a fun run that doesn't. But the thing is, is if you're going to use a toy in the ring, you might as well use one that you could also use for FEO. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. So if your dog only responds to squeakies, then FEO is not going to be any good to you if they need a squeaky, yeah. right? So building in toys that don't make noise would be a good thing. And figuring that out would be a, a, a fun run or a play day would be a great place to figure that out, right? Yeah. All right, so I love fun runs and play days that allow toys and treats in the ring. Uh, but let's talk about, I wanna, I wanna talk about how to use a fun run your very, very, very first fun run that you've never taken your dog into a competition arena. I want to talk about that. Okay, so let's talk about appropriate ages then for a fun run. So the youngest that I took Eli in, I think it was seven months Yeah. Okay. to a fun run. But I went into that fun run, all the bars were off the jumps, and all I did was attention yeah, that we, was that was my main did, goal. We did restrained recalls with him, didn't we? Yeah, we did restrained recalls with him. So here was my my plan of action for Eli when I did my very first fun run. First off, I had already been to multiple other venues and had him experience other venues. So oh, like just walking around. Yeah, just yeah. hanging hanging out with me, um, being at different places, doing different. I did tunnels. And I did jump stanchions. That's yeah. that's all I did. So I think he was about five months old when we first did that. Uh, so I took him with you. We did a little, remember we did that little yeah, round that. everything? So while Emma was running her dog, 
on the equipment. I was practicing with Eli next to the equipment and just gauging his attention level, gauging whether or not he could work with me while another dog was running. And so that was my first introduction. Can I work my dog in a new location, but not actually doing equipment? Right. So I did the tunnel and I did jump stanchions, but that was it. I mainly focused on impulse control on him coming off the leash and staying with me, going back onto the leash. Those were all things that were really important to me. And then once I knew that I could get him his attention and had impulse control, then I also wanted to know, was he willing to play with toys with me in a new location? So then we did that. Then I focused on equipment. Um, And about, I mean, Eli's a very good boy and he he has proven that he'll stay with you. Um, but if your dog doesn't stay with you, I wouldn't freak out. Um, I mean, you can let him run around for five minutes around the ring, right? Um, nobody's going to get mad at you if you don't No, but that's what dog. I don't want to have happen. Well, I know that's what you don't want to have happen. But if your dog, not you, but I mean people listening, if you've got a dog that has a, not a great attention span and they leave you, and in an agility trial, people will step in to try to bring your dog back to you. Oh, they'll help you. Whereas in a fun run, they won't. They'll just let you kind of run around unless you ask for help. Well, they'll let you get to your, so it's either a minute or two minutes mark. And then, yeah, they're going to start stepping in to help you. I know, but in agility, in a trial, they're immediately on you, right? Oh, you know, if your dog's just running around. True. Whereas in a fun run, there's a little bit more leniency, I think. True. Um, And you don't have to do the course or whatever, because as we saw with Eli... Um, and I think you're allowed to actually have two people in the ring because we went in, both of us together with Eli. Yeah. Traded off with him. Yeah. And focus. And that was fine. Yeah. So if you have a buddy that wants to help you with your puppy. I think my main goal, though, in talking about this is preventing that running around. Oh, yeah. We don't want it. But if it does happen, it's not the end of the world. Okay. That's very true. That's very true. All right, so here's my, here would be my plan for all of my students, is when you go into a fun run, before you ever take the leash off, can you get your dog to focus on you? Oh, yeah. And if they're toy motivated, can you get them to play with you? So my first thing is gauging the focus that I have with my dog, and I want two things. One, I want them to to work with me, do a sit. Um, I, and when they do a sit, can they then also move with me just a few feet? So that's my first thing. And when I move, I like to go uh, where I'm backing up. So I'm backing up dog coming into me. That's probably the easiest for the dog. Once I know that I can move around the ring without a tight leash, like the leash is just dragging on the ground, right? I'm not actually holding it. And once they're, I, I see that they're able to walk around with me with a dragging leash, then can I do a sit stay when I release them out of the sit stay? Do they release to where I ask them to? So either to a cookie or to my hand that those would be the first two places that I would release them to. And then if I've got that, then I move to taking the leash off. And the very first time that I take the leash off, the first thing that I want to see is when that leash comes off, does my dog pay attention to me? and stay with me and I'll not only I won't wait for it to happen I'll I'll instigate it I'll say leashes off look at me and reward them for sticking with me 
but I will prompt it. I won't wait for it necessarily. Not the very, very first time that I do it. Right. Okay. Then where would you go from there? Or should I just tell you where I would go? What I said, though, is I have never taken a puppy into a fun run. I really, um, I've taken puppies into seminars, but I've never done fun runs, um, which is actually a shame because I really do like them. Um, I think taking off the leash is a huge canyon to jump over um, for the dog and the handler. It's kind of like, remember back in the old days when you used to try and run in contact with those uh, pool noodles that were X's over, and it was such a big visual, right? And yeah. And struggled. Um, and it's kind of the same here. It's such a big visual and physical thing, the leash, right? Taking it off, um, and it's a really big canyon to jump. And Eli jumped it perfectly. He was a very good boy. Um, and then I think at that point, depending on if your dog is food or toy motivated, um, I just walk back and forth, up and down, up and down, up and down with him and heel. Um, I wouldn't ask for jumps out of the get-go or, you know, stanchions, tunnels. Um, he was good. I asked Eli because I knew that he could do it, but if there's any doubt, I wouldn't ruin what you have. Right. Don't ruin what you have. So, so how did you know that when you went into a trial with Dottie for the very first time, how did you know that she'd stick with you? Well, Dottie's always been very good. One, she's never left me ever, even in training. But two, that kind of comes into it if your dog doesn't leave you in training ever. Um, and that's not to say that they've never done it. Maybe they did it in the past and you work towards it in training and they're good now. Um, I think that you have a pretty good shot in trialing. Um, you need agility to be more interesting than whatever's going on outside of the ring or on the corners of the ring. And so in order to do that, I, for Dot, I just make sure she's looking at me and then I run. I think that, I think that's where, where I want to help my students is at what point would you bet your car that my dog would stay with me? Right. And if you're not willing to bet your car, that your dog will stay with you, yeah. then you're running a risk of taking that leash off. Absolutely, you're about to lose your car. <laughs> right, right. And so, Are how you... can we how can we prevent you from losing the car? How do we? I just don't take the leash off. Yeah, don't take the leash off, or you know, start working you could do them. A long line, a long line would work as well. Yeah, but I wouldn't do a long line in a fun run. No, I wouldn't actually. That's a good point. You get tangled up and everything. But my my point is that until you're willing to bet your car, use the fun run on leash. Right? Like, get them used to the sounds and the sights and everything, but they don't have to come off leash the yeah. entire minute or two minutes that you're in there. Don't do agility on leash. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about no, doing... No, I know you're not. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, though, is so if your dog cannot come off leash, absolutely no tunnels, no jump stanchions, nothing. All you're working is focus, impulse control, start line stays... Uh, maybe some restrained recalls or even just recalls in general. Yeah. So them running into you and, and coming back to you. But until you're willing to bet your car, you're running a risk of just having a dog that goes around the ring self-soothing or self-reinforcing themselves by sniffing, yeah. you know, doing obstacles they want by themselves, going and visiting ring crew, going and visiting the just the side of the arena yeah. the the now the, the audience so yeah so i want i want to build up to getting to obstacles for sure and one of the nice things about fun runs is that you're allowed to in general you're allowed if there's enough time and enough 
room, you're allowed to do multiple of them in one day. Yeah, multiple runs, you mean? Yeah, multiple runs in one day. So I think for Eli, we did three runs. We were offered four, and we did three. You have to pay for each one of them, but... Um, our the one that we went to was a bulk package. Yeah, I was like, you get eight runs yeah. for. Yeah, it, well, no, it was four. It, it was I know, four each or something. I think they day. guaranteed three, and if there was time, you were allowed more. Yeah. Um, but we only did three runs. So the very first time that I went in, there was more on leash behavior. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't trust him. <laughs> right. I mean, I thought he would be good. Yeah. But my initial goal was attention, impulse control toy play yeah. those are my three focus in the beginning of puppy dumb and the puppy i has in kingdom puppy dumb right in the beginning of puppy things i think it's always better to err on the side of caution yes and i know that as you get into bigger and better agility things when your dog turns two and you start doing fun things you stop erring on the side of caution right you start doing okay let's push let's do something fun let's right. do something risky let's do that weevil entrance but it's a it's a two sides of the same coin Right, you want them to be safe and you want them to be happy. Um, puppies are scared of everything, but not even time. puppies. We're not even talking puppies, Emma. Guess, yeah, We're just talking new young agility, not young, but I mean inexperienced agility dogs. Inexperienced, first time in the ring, yeah. first time doing a fun run. Yeah. They could first... be six years old. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't matter the age of the dog. It matters the experience of the dog. Right. That's yeah. a, that's and a really good point. and it matters the experience of the handler. Right, so like if you're a brand new novice A handler, novice A is somebody that's never done agility before, very first time yeah. doing agility. A novice A handler doesn't even really know the ropes, right. right? So they don't know that they can leave the leash on. They don't know that they can take treats in necessarily. Yeah. They don't know that they can make up their own course for the entire minute or two minutes that they're in there. Right. Um, and, and, and learning even just to judge that time takes experience, yeah. right? Like if I was to tell you, give me one minute and you do dog agility for one minute, could you nail it on one minute? I'll bet I could. I'll bet I could. That's how, that's how confident I am myself. <laughs> that's called uh, well, if false, you, false sense of security. If you can, then you'd be a good gambler's. Yeah, gamblers competitors. Gamblers, I don't want to do it. I, all right, so so all right, so so for our fun run, focus, impulse control, start line stay, off leash behavior, maybe toy play if they're a toy dog. Those yeah. are my main goals. Yeah. So first time I enter, that's what I do. Second time I enter, again off leash. Coming off the leash is most important to me. Yeah. Come off the leash, stay with me. Yeah, and if they hate getting back on leash, as Dot does. Try that, you know, uh, go with that, feed that. Uh, yeah, get on that. leash, off leash, on leash, off yeah. leash, on leash, off leash, on leash, off leash. <laughs> That's what we did. Oh, she hated it. <laughs> oh. All right, and then, so the second time, I've got more off leash behavior. So at that point, if I can move around the arena with basic attention, then one obstacle back into attention. One obstacle back into attention. Maybe a, a, so a tunnel is going to drive more enthusiasm than a jump stanchion. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe if you've got an unconfident dog, maybe a tunnel would be better. You have to know your dog. This is where you really have to know your dog is if I throw them into an unknown tunnel, are they going to freak out yeah. or are they going to be go wee? Yeah. Uh, but basic, basic, basic agility, whatever you learned in your early foundations, that's what you're doing in the first fun run. 
that's what you're doing your first couple of times. And each time that your dog and you prove that you have the ability to work together in a new environment, under new noise, with a new audience, with new equipment, then you can piece together more pieces of this puzzle, uh-huh. right? But if, I mean, here's, here's one thing that, if I had a dog that was, that was cautious on the teeter, the last thing I would do is go into a fun run and head straight for the teeter. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a practice thing. Dogs are very different in practice, and I'm sure everybody knows that. Um, but it's it's such a big change for them visually. Uh, dogs are very, we've said this a million times, dogs are very bad at generalizing. Um, so if you have a teeter in your backyard, and then they see a teeter at the fun run, they're not going to think that it's the same thing. I mean, they might recognize it, but they're not going to have that that confidence. It's like, you know, let's say you're really bad at math in school, like I was. Well, you're a lot more confident at the kitchen table with your parents, right, than you are on the uh, SAT test. And so if you stick your dog straight into the SAT test without teaching them anything, um, that uh, fun runs are kind of, I think that you should treat them like trials in the way that is not the place to prove. Yeah, not the place to proof. Exactly. We should make that a model. We should get a t-shirt. Oh my gosh, this is not the place to proof. That's right. So you proof at home, you proof in in other locations where the atmosphere isn't as energized. Yeah. Yeah. And it will be energized. I know that a fun run is a, you know, kind of a casual thing. You maybe you're going with your friends, but it is a course it is an agility course that has been presented to you without your you have no knowledge of it beforehand you don't know what the course is um and you are going into somebody else's venue you know somebody else's uh, agility place and it is kind of nerve-wracking and so it is it is like a trial i would say i think it is the closest you can get to a trial without being at a trial you know, yeah. the other being the right. ACT or, or going to a friend's house or going well, to a seminar. Well, no, so you say, you mentioned as close to a trial as possible. There's one underneath that, and that would be a sanctioned B match. Oh, I forget so, about B match. Yeah, so yeah. A, a B match or an A match, depending on the organization. But the matches really do mimic because then you do have a judge because yeah. a match is very similar to a fun run in that you can do whatever you want you generally cannot bring treats into a match because a match is a club's way of becoming sanctioned. Yeah. Okay. So they're trying to prove to AKC or they're trying to prove to whatever organization they're trying to become sanctioned under. They're trying to prove to them that they can run a trial. So they run it as close to a trial as possible. Yeah. But there's no scoring. They'll score you for the club because the club needs to learn how to do that but there's it's not actually a titling event yeah i think that's also very common with um fun runs as well not that clubs use them to learn but a lot of times uh we went to our last fun that fun run that we went to they had just put in new footing um in the facility and they were hoping you know to kind of get people interested to get people to come see the facility it was really really nice uh really nice turf and that was the point of the fun run. It wasn't for really a club. It wasn't for anybody's friends. It was to say, hey, look at this facility that we have built. Come look at it. Come run on it. And yeah. that's very common to do, I think. Um, I believe that a few, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a few of our new 
facilities, like the one up north. I think they did a few fun runs in the uh, in the beginning. Well, they do them when they don't have a trial on the weekends. So yeah. it's a way to bring in money. Yeah. Right, and it's a way to inter- yeah to bring new people into their facility to see it for sure. Um, but mostly, I think it's about it's a free weekend, and rather than the building just sitting there empty over the weekend, I think that while it does take on quite a bit of of people to help put it together, I think if the the building the or the the location can get enough volunteers i think it's worth their while because they can make some money for that weekend when normally a trial would be making them money right yeah i agree um fun runs are cheaper than trials as well yes um what I is our cost what is our cost let me look i'm gonna tell you ten dollars for the first run and then second and third runs are five dollars each the entry for the act Okay, so the pre-entry fee is $15 per run. Junior handlers, $12 per run. And day of entry day of entry fee is $20. Day of entry fee for a junior handler is $17. So the act is $15, and the fun run is $10. Yeah. But the act, you can't do your own course. No. It's an actual, yeah, yeah, it's an actually. It's a title. Yeah, it's an actual judged event. Okay, so let's just recap on what I do want from my my own dog at a, at, at a fun run. My very first fun run that I ever do, I want attention. I want impulse control. Then, after that, I want, you know, the ability to do one obstacle and come back to me. Then two obstacles come back to me. Three or four obstacles come back to me. And only then, when I know that I can hold my dog's attention over a two-minute two minute period, for then I will start to actually work skills, right? Yeah. And these are skills that I have already trained at home. Yeah, nothing new. Z- zero new stuff. Zero yeah. new stuff. So anything that I have trained at home, then I'll put that into my fun run. Um, eventually, I will put contacts into my fun run, right? He doesn't yeah. even know contacts yet. He doesn't know. He can't comprehend the teeter yet. Right. He doesn't even know. Like but, but this is my order that I would go in. You ready? Yeah. Uh, A-frame? Oh, you mean for contacts? Okay. Yeah. So when I do get to contacts, this will be the order I'll go in. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, tunnel, yes. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so they'll do, so, well, let's go in the order of, of obstacles that I would do. Okay. Okay. Jumps, jump stanchions or tunnels. I would do those either or, depending on my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, then what, you know, depending on what's available, then I might do a double jump, triple jump. Yeah. Okay. Tire jump. Yeah. Broad jump. Yeah. Then I would go to my, uh, contacts. Yeah. A frame. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I'd put the pause table in there too. Yeah. Pause table would be early on. I'd yeah. do jumps, tunnels, pause table for sure. Those, okay. those three I would do right off the bat. I agree. Then I would do all my weird jumps, panel jump, tire jump, triple jump, double jump. Then I would go to contacts, A-frame first. Now, here's the kicker. I would do the dog walk next, but I would make sure that my dog has seen a tunnel under the dog walk. Yeah, they do that a lot, don't they? They do a lot of tunnels under dog walks, and if my dog has never seen a tunnel under a dog walk, I'm not doing it at the fun run. So I will only do a dog walk if my dog walk is very stable at home. And... If I've never put a tunnel under the dog walk yet, then I won't do the dog walk. So 
dog walk without tunnel then, then a dog walk with tunnel <laughs> and plus and then finally i would do the teeter and i would separate out the teeter from the course so while i may be coursing together uh, doing longer and longer sequences with all the other obstacles the dog walk and the teeter i would most definitely well and the a-frame as well i would not yeah. have it inside of a sequence the first time i show it and same with like weave pulls and i think that contacts and weave pulls are kind of on the same plane how did i of... forget weave pulls oh i was i was agreeing i was like yeah i did weave pulls less too um i but i also think that i think that they're on the same level of difficulty but by no means that you should do you know if your dog can do weave pulls then oh yes then they can do contacts too that's not what i mean i mean that weave pulls are just as hard but in a different way right and generally at a fun run or um, a play day they're doing 12 be yes, because yes, yes, yes. because it's a nested course so you have an excellent master's course so it's going to be 12 weave pulls so until your dog is comfortable on 12 weave pulls i yeah i would not do weave pulls at a fun run either yeah. um but i would do the weave pulls before i would do the teeter depending on the yeah, depending on my on how much they like the weave pulls right and it, yeah so yeah and it depends on the confidence of the dog yeah because the less confident they are the more protective i'm going to be become yeah. of their of their the confidence end. but my yeah. point was that i would do all of those obstacles all by themselves so a la carte agility <laughs> yeah okay i see what you're saying right so i agree so i wouldn't put them into a sequence i would just make sure that the teeter is cool all by itself yeah then i would add an obstacle in front of it add an obstacle after it same thing with my weave pulls obstacle weave pulls then a jump yeah. weave pulls and a tunnel and then jump weave pulls jump yeah right so just building the obstacles up rather than trying to go for a 15 piece course yeah. with a dog that's new to the facility and all of this, you may disregard every single piece of this information if your dog is, you know, doing jumps and tunnels and courses already. So if you're a seasoned agility person... Well, see, yeah, um, we're not talking to the no, seasoned. No, but just in case they are still listening and they're like, oh, does this apply to me? Should I... Because I, the reason... No, no, no. The reason I brought it up is because if you have a dog that has been doing agility for a while now and they're confident, maybe you've gone to one or two trials... If you start doing baby stuff with them again, if you say, okay, we'll just do the tunnel because Margaret and Emma said so, they might get a little freaked out. Or if you just do contacts and that's it, and you just kind of stand there and you reward them like they're a baby, they might be like, why are you talking to me like this? <laughs> that's true. That is true. Once a dog understands their, <laughs> their, their obstacles, sometimes going backwards can freak them out. Yeah. But, that, but I'm not talking no, to the season dog. But I am talking to the per the seasoned handler who has a focus problem. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. If your yeah. dog's running off on you and you're in excellent, but your dog is still struggling with XYZ, then break it down for them. Yeah. One, build it up at home first, then bring it back to the competition arena. If focus is your issue, work on focus. Yeah. Right? Who cares if they can do a stellar dog walk? if they come off the dog walk and go find the corner of the arena. Right. Right? So focus, 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 impulse control, impulse control, impulse control. 
obstacle, back to handler focus, obstacle, back to handler focus. I agree. And then obstacle, obstacle, obstacle for those dogs uh, that are handler, handler, handler. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many varieties of dogs. This is so difficult to talk about because there truly are so many varieties of dogs. But I always err on the side of protecting the unconfident dog the most, followed by the impulse control dog, the dog that runs around crazy. I want to protect them from just taking off and here's leashes off. Go have fun. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. If you have any questions, especially my students, if you guys have any questions about fun runs or play days, shoot me an email. I will absolutely answer it. And uh, I plan on being up there. So. Oh, the one in August? 19th, yeah. I believe? Yeah. Hopefully I'll or be 16th, up there. One of those. Because I want Eli out there too. Not in the act, but in the fun run. The baby boy, he's going out into the big world. All right, let's go get him. Yeah. Oh, also, last thing. Um, they can be good for surfaces, too, because our facilities have different surfaces to run on. And if your dog might not have done that before, I just remembered. That's um, a really good point. I know, I brought it up at the very end of the podcast. Yeah. I totally didn't even think. Yeah, indoor indoor fun runs versus outdoor fun runs. Yeah, turf, dirt. Tur turf versus dirt, grass versus... Grass. Dry grass versus wet grass. <laughs> no, be careful there. Yeah, yeah. Really good All right. point. Cool. All right, thanks, Sam. Go thanks, get them. All right. Woof, woof.